For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? Merry Christmas. Hope this is a good week for you. Man, do we have a good podcast for you today. I don't know if you've seen the I Am Second videos. If you haven't, I mean, you are missing out. IamSecond.com is their website. We've got Doug Bender from their organization on talking about the formation of I Am Second, how they started it, how the video started going viral, and so many behind-the-scenes stories of this powerful, powerful organization. Let's dive into the podcast today. Here is Doug Bender from I Am Second on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? So good to see you. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for listening. This is the first time we've done a cross-promote, so I had like a countdown. There was something <laughs> on the page already. We look super professional. So much more exciting. And it's, it's all like... because of our guest. We've got Doug Bender on from I Am Second. Your staff was so great. Mm-hmm. They walked us through the whole cross-promoting process. Thank you so much for being on. Of course. I'm super excited to talk to you guys. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. I'm thrilled. Like, I have watched I Am Second for so many years. Like, your videos mm. were one of the first ones that were stylized. Like, the white chair, the black background. It was so cool. The length was, you know, it was like around a specific length. It wasn't crazy. Yeah. You know, you've done some long form, but most of them were a specific length. And the number of people and the depth yes. of guests. How did you start that process? Like, what was your first one? What was the dream? What was your first big get that you were like, oh my goodness, yeah. we got, you know what I mean? Well, you know, early on, this will perhaps shock some of your viewers, but early on, we were just aiming for one city. We were doing a local outreach oh, to really? the city of Dallas. Yeah. One of our big early films was with uh, Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, I love Stevie. Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> I go so. way back with Stephen, way, way back. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. 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 Before Bieber was in the whole family. Oh, for yeah. sure. Way before. Listen, this is the truth. The reason Stephen has a bunch of tattoos is because of me. Like before yeah. we met, his wife was like, no tattoos. no tattoos. And then he met me and he's like, dude. It's like, okay to get tattooed. You get tattooed? I'm like, uh... That's okay. <laughs> pretty much all the time. And he's like, what does your wife say? I'm like, my wife loves my tattoos. <laughs> like, I've interviewed him at my tattoo shop while getting a tattoo. Mm-hmm. He was holding a microphone while yeah, they were awesome. tattooing him. Oh, yeah. We love Steven. Yeah, he was in our original batch. I think we had just a dozen films or so in that first batch. Mm. He was probably our top profile there. With addition to Brian Head Welch from Corn, yeah. who yeah. recently left the band, mm. recently just started following Jesus. Yep. We had another interview. We met him that way too. In okay, fact, yeah. it was with Stephen. Stephen Baldwin asked us if we could Go plan a dinner. Dinner. And yeah. I was oh, like, okay. okay. And he's like, can you get like a back room or a secluded area? And I was like, sure. And <laughs> we got this great room. And he brought... Christian Asoy, Tony Hawk's yeah. ex-wife, Brian Head Welch. Like, I didn't know who Brian was. Like, it was yeah. when he was in between out of corn, back into corn. So he had like, he right. looked like white Jesus. Like, you yeah. know, big yeah. beard. Still looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> he does. And I'm talking to him and he's like, oh, I, you know, I play guitar and bands and bass and da, da, da. And I was like, he's oh, so awesome. About it. And someone leans over and he's like, this is Brian from corn. And I'm like, oh. 
okay. Yeah, it, the look on his face, though, he was like, oh, yeah. yeah. He was so, like, mellow about it. And the look when the person said it was just like, oh, man. Like, now you've got all these... And I was like, no, 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 I don't have any preconceived ideas. Like, I did corn. I'm, you know, old school back in the day. But yeah. I've now been talking to you for an hour. I know who you are without that. Like, yeah. we're cool. Right. So, right. yeah, nice. So you were That's just true. doing outreach to Dallas? Right, yeah. We put up billboards and had signs and radio commercials. But it was just Dallas. That was the plan. Huh. Whoa. And, well, I guess we failed to realize was when you put things on the internet, it goes everywhere. <laughs> yep. Big news. It yep. goes everywhere. Yeah. So we end up in like over a hundred countries, millions and millions of views back before people even said the word viral Whoa. started going everywhere. What and was that so, like as an organization? Oh. When you see those numbers just start, were you just mm. freaking out? Like we were, we were, especially we didn't even have the team really prepared for it. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. supposed to be a two year project in Dallas. And then that was it. Man. And and it blew up so huge in that first few weeks that we started immediately thinking, you know, we might need to think of a long term plan here. I mean, that's actually why I joined the team. I had joined the team about a month or two after it launched mm. as part of that. Hey, we need to think beyond Dallas. And so, so it was within the first success. month that you started getting big numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It happened almost immediately. Wow. And it just went everywhere. So I, I was looking at our website numbers. Apparently, there's some guy in Antarctica that has also visited our, our site. Aww, so I don't know who it is. Right. That's exciting. We've, we've officially made it to all the continents now. So Do you know around yeah. like the total viewing numbers of, you know, oh, like geez. ballpark? Well, at ballpark just last year, we had 21 million new visitors just last year. Mm. Yeah. So it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Original goal in the stories what was like the you know the original founders like we're going to interview these people and what do we want to hear from them what's the story that we're looking for real simple yeah real stories changing lives that's like the essence we wanted to tell just authentic raw stories we didn't want it sound like this happy-go-lucky christian testimony where everything's flowery at the end yeah we wanted to keep it a little you know raw because yeah. that's how life is so we kept all the bumps and the bruises along the way in there. Mm. And we wanted them to be something that someone who didn't grow up in church, who didn't grow up familiar with all of this following Jesus thing. Yeah. We wanted them to be able to watch this film and say, I understand what they're saying. Mm. And so we, from the beginning, have made translating Christianese, translating the faith into something that anybody can understand. Because yeah. you know what? This isn't a religion of professors you know this is everyday folks yeah and who jesus is is somebody that we all need to have access to mm. and so we've made it a point from the beginning to say let's talk about him in a way where everybody can grasp this mm. man so let me ask this what have you been hoping for like have you had things where you're like oh i wasn't expecting this to come out on a regular basis or things that have kind of surprised you over the years you've interviewed so many people i know there's usually like we were surprised at how honest people would get on air with us. Like, because Laura's sure. here, it's not me. It's for sure Laura. We hear things like, you know, I've never said this before. And then they tell you something. You're sitting there going, whoa, no way. Yes. I wasn't getting that before I had Laura on the program. 
Like I used to co- yeah. podcast for years and years. And so it was so unique to have people really open up and be vulnerable and tell true stories. What are some of those stories for you guys? Yeah, we've had a similar effect here. You know, when we do our interviews, it's a very intimate setting. You know, the, if you watch the videos, they're sitting in a dark room. Yep. There's one mm. over top of them. They're in a chair. And what you can't see is there's there's only three people in that room, basically. There's the guy holding the camera, the guy asking the questions, and the guy running sound. And so it's a really intimate setting. And we do it for a purpose because we want people to feel like you can just share. And, yeah, we have that same experience where folks will, will share their story and especially people that are in uh, kind of coming maybe from the media or entertainment side of the world where they're famous for their work on movies or mm, whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're not so famous for their faith. And sitting down with us and saying, well, here's my story. It's actually funny watching these people get a little nervous sometimes <laughs> wow. because they're so used to being out there, but they haven't always shared the personal side. Yeah, I think one of the more recent ones we think of is uh, Kathy Lee Gifford. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been on morning TV forever. Sure. Uh, yeah. And but you could watch a show for months and not necessarily actually get a clear presentation of who she is faith wise, where mm-hmm. that's actually her defining characteristic. She is someone who follows Jesus. Sure. And so it's been fun being able to partner with someone like her to say, here's my story. You don't always get to hear me say that where you usually watch me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So has there been, this is just random, but has there been like hilarious moments too? I know it's a deep thing, but over the years since you've been around, I'm just wondering. Like, <laughs> ones that yeah, you, you know, it's the funniest moments have probably come, you know, once we start marketing some of the films and we get like folks that'll say, you know, I'm fine with my fans seeing it, but now my, my friend is going to see this. My family is going to see this. My mom and, dad. and because, you know, yep. I had the same experience. I sat down in the chair and I, I shared my story and I'm fine with the rest of the world hearing my story. I do get a little nervous with like my friends and family hearing it. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why it is. It's just like that self-revealing. Yep. And it's funny when you really think about it, why I don't care the million people over here see it, but I really care that my mom might see it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And have you had people say, oh man, my dad saw that. He was like, you know, or (laughs) has it opened some doors like, whoa, Mm -hmm. my parents saw that. And now we talk about, you know. Yes. In fact, we had an interesting story last year. We had a former neo-Nazi white supremacist tell his story of how, he found Jesus because of his black parole officer. And so we actually got them both to sit down together in a room Whoa. and talk to each other. Mm. And well, after the film came out, it really kind of changed their, both of their lives because nobody really knew them before. We had had a connection with them and it kind of brought their story to light. Like they even spoke at this year's Martin Luther King Jr. event uh, Mm. that they do every year. And like they were one of the primary speakers there. And so that was one of the ones where like after the film came out, it actually like really challenged him in particular to really consider deeply the faith. He wasn't, he kind of knew this lady like followed Jesus and loved God and that blew him away. And it kind of took out his hatred Mm-hmm. But he didn't necessarily have something to fill it back in with. Yeah. And as the story came out and he started to explore the more faith more, he actually came to Christ after the film. Wow. Which awesome. was a really cool thing yeah. to see that. And so I got to do a follow-up interview with him this past spring and kind of 
hear what that side of his journey has been like. Mm. But a lot of that was, it started from the film. Hmm. Man, that's amazing. Great storytelling. Seriously. Mm. What's been some of your favorite moments from the interviews, you know, where you've been there and you're just like, no way, you know, Mm. like I think of the interviews we've had here and some have impacted our lives so greatly, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's the vulnerability or the stories of triumph or people that are in the middle of it, just like, Hey, we're in the middle of this right now. And we're just going to tell people, what are some of those things for I am second where you look back and just think, I can't believe I got to be there in that moment. You know, one of the, interviews that has always stuck with me. It was with a guy named David McKenna. Yeah. He came on, shared a story, fantastic story of just his struggle with alcoholism mm-hmm. and how Jesus has really walked with him in that. Mm-hmm. And so he sat down, did the interview with us. He went home, he lived in Florida and then he sent us a message. He goes, his message basically says this. He said, so I don't want you guys to get the wrong impression, but I don't have it all together yet. Like, I'm still struggling. Yeah. And he was trying to let us know, I'm still an addict. You got me on a good day, but I'm going to have some bad days. Yeah. And, he yeah. like, and I remember him basically trying to tell us that we shouldn't feel pressure to put up his film because he doesn't want to embarrass us. Mm. And our response back was basically, no, no, that's the exact thing we want people to know. Yep. That we're all still a mess. We're on a path. You know, we're making some steps, but we're also going to make some falls. And that's part of the process. Yeah. That's part of the story we want people to know. That's fantastic. You know, you talked Mm -hmm. about that before we started the program where, you know, people that you've interviewed before and they're on the site make mistakes like everyone does. Mm -hmm. And because of our faith, you get all kinds of bombardment. Like, are you going to pull their video down? Are you going to pull their video down? And you guys don't do that. Because that is a part of life. Like, I was thinking about, I'm a mad UFC fan. I've seen every, like, yeah. UFC 244 just hit. I watched it. I saw <laughs> UFC 1 in 93. I'm still watching 244. That was the 500th <laughs> event from the UFC. So wow. I know some of the people you've had on, and I was wondering, like, when you see them and you see their raw emotional reaction, what's that like? And I love oh, that yeah. you keep it on because... That's part of the faith. Like we make mistakes as Christians. We make mistakes as believers. Mm-hmm. You're talking about McKenna. People that go through addiction that have that addiction personality most often fall off the wagon a few times before they get it. And that's just yeah. part of it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. We don't give up on people when they make mistakes. We just stick with them through it. We're sad for the mistake. We're happy for sure. the amount of sobriety that we've had in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the stories that's in the most recent book is Cody Garbrandt. Oh, yeah. MMA, MMA. No love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a big no fan love. of no that's love. Right. Yeah. So you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's funny when we talk to, you know, some of the people that, you know, are in that profession with them, they didn't actually know he was a Christian and mm. because, you know, he's a little rough around the edges. Yeah. He's still, you know. And, he's a professional and, fighter. <laughs> like, right. He should be he really beats people for a living. Yes, yeah. and I get it. You know, I have that fighter spirit. I've watched it for so long. But you've got to be a specific type of person if that's your ongoing profession. Yeah. I'm going to get into yeah. a cage. They're going to lock the door, and we're going to try to beat each other into unconsciousness. That's a big deal. Right. Literally. We and the emotion that goes with it, it comes out rough sometimes. Mm. I understand. I was wondering about Cody for years, and then I saw him on I Am Second. I'm like, yeah, I'm so stoked. (laughs) 
Yeah, and you know, when I was writing his story, I couldn't help but think of the story of David in the Bible mm. and how that guy was a fighter. Yeah. I mean, he killed a lot of people. I mean, he was a professional fighter, among yeah. other things. Mm-hmm. I got to imagine that there were some rougher moments that if we got them on film, we'd be like, oh, David. Yeah. <laughs> how could <laughs> you? you? <laughs> Take him off <laughs> the site. How could you say that? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you know what? Yeah. I love that. These are people that God still loves, mm. not just loves, but like thoroughly enjoys having a relationship with. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's an important part of the story of God that yep. doesn't always get told enough. Right. No, it, but God yeah. really likes some of the rougher characters. It does mm-hmm. in the Bible. It just doesn't in modern day Christianity. Yeah. The Bible right. is full of rough characters. David was a rough, very character. rough character. When he was fighting Goliath, he said a very interesting line. It said, my Lord has saved me from the paw of the bear and the claw of the lion, and he can save me from you too. Not will. Like right. he's fighting bears and lions mm-hmm. when he was a shepherd, and now he's got Goliath, and it's like, I mean, he can. He may, may not, but yeah. he did a lot of rough things. Most yeah. of our heroes from the Bible had rough lives, but we want to smooth that over in modern day faith. Mm. Yeah. And that's one of the things that when we started and we've kept this through the years is saying, you know, I think it's important that we tell the rougher side of the Christian walk. Um, Mm. One of the stories that really connects with me in the new book is is Brian Welch. When we first got his story, this was eight, nine, ten years ago. Brand new believer, just walked out of corn. Everything's going to be great because he's going to follow Jesus now. This is like almost 15 years ago. I remember because we were still living in California when we met him and he had just come to the Lord. Like, and his story is, I've seen his documentary. Mm. It was, it was brilliant, but there was some rough parts on that one. There's Mm. some rough parts. And you know, that's why, you know, he's actually the only person that's in this third book that was in one of our previous ones, but we put it in there because that first story kind of ended with like, hey, he's going to go follow Jesus now. It's going to be great. Mm. And what really happened was a decade of really terrible trials. Yep. Yes. Yep. yep. And he got to a point where he was like on the edge of cursing at God and saying, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I left everything for you. What's up? Yeah. Yep. He uses a bit more colorful language. Never felt yes. that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all get to that point. We don't always admit it. Sometimes we don't even admit it to ourselves. Yeah. Yep. But I think if we can admit it, can talk about that, it's a beautiful thing because what you learn is that God doesn't walk away from you in that moment. Mm -hmm. He gets closer. Yep. Yep. Well, he's bigger than our problems. He's bigger than our complaints. Way bigger. You know, I was going through a real tragic time in college. A friend of mine had been shot. I was going to the ICU every night. I was missing class. I was falling asleep in class. And I was in a Bible class and I was just fed up. I was fed up with Christianese. I was fed up with all these pat answers, mm-hmm. you know, hashtag blessed. I was sick of that stuff. And the professor was like, you know, I'd really like to give you an assignment. I want you to go through the Psalms and highlight tears, crying, weeping, moaning, mm-hmm. agony, anger, that outbursts. And you go through the Psalms. It's like three quarters of the Psalms is David just lamenting life so upset so angry Mm -hmm. and you find god's bigger than all that he's not afraid of it israel means to struggle with god that's what it means 
Israelites the word, the meaning of the word. struggle mm-hmm. with God. That's what we do. We struggle. We struggle with his goodness in a bad world. We struggle when he knows what we want and chooses to not give us those things. We struggle when we've got tragedy beating down our door and we're like, Lord, like we followed you. Like, what's mm-hmm. the deal? And he's like, yeah, good. Keep following me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually tell a bit of my story in this book. And, you know, one of the points I came to, we had a miscarriage mm. and then we had a stillborn and then we were told that, hey, we can't have kids. Yep. And we literally sat down with a specialist that said, hey, I, I don't know how you had the first kid. All I can tell you, it's an Abraham and Sarah situation. You know, it's a miracle. Wow. You're not going to have another one unless you get another miracle. That was his words. Really? Yeah. Oof. And mm. I have four kids now. So, <laughs> so we had a few more miracles. Yeah. But I did come to a moment where I remember, I mean, I was pretty blunt with God. I told him, I said, I think this is a bad plan. Yeah. I know yep. you have a good plan. I'm telling you, I feel like it's a bad one. Mm, yeah. And I told him that. Yeah. Now, I also said, I, I'm trusting that you can prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you where I'm at right now is I feel like this is a really bad plan for my life. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. We so- went through four miscarriages back to back to back to back. Yeah. And I can remember really being angry with God and him saying, don't you trust me? And I go, yeah, but what if you make the wrong decision? Yeah. And right. he goes, have I ever done that? And I'm like, well, you certainly make a whole bunch that I don't like. Yeah. It's like, that's different than making the wrong one. It's different than allowing it to happen. And right. I was so angry mm-hmm. for going through that situation and having people, you know, Say Tell the it. craziest things. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah. experience that, Doug. They do say the craziest things. Terrible. <laughs> and it's in their fear. It's in that, you know, yeah. I hope it doesn't rub off on me. I hope if I say this pat thing, you'll stop talking about it. I want to feel better and I feel bad around you. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of that that went on. We went through some dark, dark days mm. going through it. And then come to find out, our doctor said, our kids are miracles. We should never have been able to have kids. Yeah. It should never yeah. have happened. And we've got two miracles. Yeah. Yeah. So, Doug, for you, what would you share with our listeners and your listeners that was helpful in the struggle? Like, how did you Mm. learn to grieve well during that? Well, I think actually some honesty with God was actually a really helpful part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that was because I'm not one that easily shares my emotions. Yeah. I'll say I'm not one that usually even knows what my emotions are on any given day. Mm-hmm. So I'm not one of those people that knows and is in touch with their feelings very well. But I, you know, I got to a point where I was like, it just became overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the healing process for me could, could really start when I could just be really honest with God and kind of express some frustration, even anger yep. yeah. and say, God, I'm upset at this. I don't like this. I need you to get me through this Mm -hmm. um, because I'm struggling. And it was just one of those little things that when I got to that point, I felt like I could slowly make some other steps. But that was an important first step. Okay. Yeah. Being honest with God. Yeah. Um, And I think sometimes um, we feel like, like well, God knows. No, I think, well, God knows I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Well, sure he does. He knows everything, but he wants us to be honest with him. He wants us to talk with him. He wants us to have a relationship yep. with him. Mm-hmm. And it is very cathartic. And we tell people that you can be totally honest with God. You can tell him you're not happy. It's not like he doesn't know, but at yeah. least be honest. You know, you're right. not hiding anything anyway. You might as well just be honest and lament and cry out and be like, I, this stinks. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of it. I want you to fix this. I want you to make it better. You know, and it's the end of each Psalm. If you don't, 
you're still sovereign. You're still you're God. Still I'm still going to follow you. Yeah. I may not be yeah. happy with you. I may not even like you a whole lot right now. And I'm still going to keep one foot in front of the other. I'll still keep following you. Mm. Well, I think, too, yeah. added as a husband to the wife who's had the miscarriages, just the added powerlessness that the man has to address yeah. and mm. go through. I mean, it's it's a huge uh, process. And go, getting honest with your father first with our God, you know, I think that's a great step. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think another very important step, and this is thankfully something I had to lean back on, is knowing what the end ultimately is. Mm. You know, we named the when we had a miscarriage, it felt different for us when we then had a, a stillborn. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, we had to actually have to sign like a death certificate. Mm. I mean, it was a, mm-hmm. I just remember that moment, it just felt deeper. And I remember we named her Hope because that's all we really have is this trust that in the end God will fix it. I don't know what the fix looks like exactly, yep. but hope admits two things in the same breath. It admits number one, something's wrong. Something's broken. Something's not going the right way. But in the same breath, hope also says, but I do see an end that's better. Yep. Mm. And having that hope in God and saying, you know what? He has promised to fix it all. I don't understand the in-between right now sometimes, but i that was a big part of the healing too, having that trust that I haven't seen him answer all the prayers, but I've seen enough to say, you know what? He has proven himself reliable. Mm -hmm. I can trust that he will keep what promises he has not yet kept. Yeah. You know, we talk Mm -hmm. about this. There may be a light at the end of the tunnel. But the tunnel is dark and recognizing its darkness is important for our sanity. Yeah. You know, instead of being like, well, the Lord's here. Of course the Lord's here. Yes, right. of course. But I'm in a dark place right now. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Do I believe there is right. one there? Yes, that's my faith. I believe there's something I can't see at the end of the tunnel. Mm. But I'm in the dark spot of the tunnel right now. And I think we need spouses and friends to be with us in that darkness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not time to shine the light. You know, I was at a funeral and they were like, this is a celebration. And I'm like, not for me. I lost my friend. Mm -hmm. I'm super angry. I lost my friend. His wife lost her husband. His kids lost their dad. I'm angry. Will I see him again someday? Yes. And then we'll be happy together. But right now I'm not celebrating where he is. I know he was struggling here on earth. I just still want him here. I'm selfish that way. I want him back. Mm-hmm. I want right. him back. I want to hang out with him. Yeah. I don't want to lose that. It stinks. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, one of my best friends from junior high and high school, I end up being the, you know, we were, it was kind of friendship. I knew we'd be best friends in each other's weddings kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and instead, I was his pallbearer oh. because, you know, he ended up committing suicide. And I tell this story in the book as well. But, you know, I was the last person he called before he turned up missing. He had called me the night before. I was out with dinner with some folks and I missed the call. Oh, and it turns out that was his last call. And you know, I had to deal with that. Yep. I had to process that, that I was his last call and I didn't pick up. And he was my best friend, you know, and that was one of those other moments where I, I had a moment with God. Yeah, and I, I, sure. I hung on to that for, you know, I remember he passed away in August and it wasn't until December that I felt like God gave me any kind of answer. But I kept saying, God, what was the point of all this? Yeah. What are yeah. you trying to teach yeah. me? Right. And, you know, 
the only real lesson is, you know, that he can be trusted, mm-hmm. that he will fix it. Yeah, we just have to wait. Yeah, just asking the question to God and then waiting. Yeah, we don't yeah. like to wait in this culture. We want it microwaved, you know. <laughs> Do it quicker, yeah. Lord. Take me through this healing process. And I think just grief is a long journey. Yeah. You can't yeah. microwave it. We were talking about yeah. that recently where I think in the moment when you have a miscarriage, when you have a stillbirth, when someone commits suicide, when you lose a loved one, when you lose a job, when you're going through financial troubles, it feels like it's going to be like that forever. Forever, yeah. Yeah. It's probably just a season. I can't guarantee it. Right. When you're in the midst of addiction struggles, it feels like I'm always going to be this way. I'm never going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes just telling yourself it's a season, you know, in three months, it might not be this way. It probably won't be this way. I probably won't feel this way next week. Mm. I probably won't feel that way a week after, but I've got to go through it. You know, people Mm. say, how did you get over the loss? I don't ever get over loss. I get through loss, but you don't get over it. Yeah. (laughs) There's a piece missing. It's still there. It's still there. Hope is still there. Well, I just had a question. You are hearing stories of people from all over the world, I'm yep. assuming. Yep. Like, are you seeing themes, um, like a need, a biggest need for people? Or what are you seeing as you're hearing all these stories? Like, what's sticking out? Mm. Yeah, you know, that that's a great question. Because when we sat down to write this next book called I Choose Peace, mm-hmm. that was exactly the question we were trying to answer mm. of what are people experiencing? And what we found was consistent in all the stories we were telling on our site and, and the folks we were talking to just in the movement. The search for peace is something we all have in common. Yep. And I have found peace to be this great symptom uh, that God has built into all of us, that you can tell when something's not going well in life yeah. based on whether you have peace or not. Yep. You know, you will know, you won't miss it. When peace seems to be thin, mm-hmm. when you're not feeling it, that's a sign there is a battle going on right now. Mm. And so that was one of the themes we found in all these stories. And it all looks different. Some of them, it's relationship-based. Some of them, it's, it's based on loss or an addiction or a struggle with identity or purpose. But when you're in those struggles, with any of those things, what results is this lack of peace. Yep. And it's only when you can trust God to give you some of those other things, love, purpose, peace, identity, a healing, a freedom from addiction, when you can trust God in those things, mm. those things don't, the struggles don't necessarily go away, but peace can return. Hmm. You know, so yeah. it tends to be this great symptom of a battle. And so that's actually a big purpose of why we put this book together is to help people see, hey, we may have different struggles, mm-hmm. but we're all feeling this one search, peace. Yep. We want peace. Yeah. In the struggle, for sure. In the struggle. Yeah. Talk about the book series. How did that come about, you know? Yeah. Well, the first book was our title book called I Am Second. Yeah. yeah. It had a, a wide selection of stories. Mm-hmm. We had a, did a follow-up book called Live Second, and it's meant to answer a very basic question. If you're inspired by these stories and want to live that out, you want to experience that kind of life? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Yeah. And so I wrote Live Second, and it's a daily reader. So every day, it's like, here's one step you can do each day for the rest of the year to say, I want to live this kind of lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and that was the second book. So this one now answers a more specific question of 
okay, if you're looking for peace, if you are struggling to find peace in your life, whether because you don't know who you are, you're dealing with an issue, there's a relationship struggle, whatever the cause, you're looking for peace. Mm -hmm. This book is aimed at telling you the stories and journeys of a dozen or more people who can kind of give you some guideposts along the way mm. of here's their journey. It's going to differ in some of the details, sure. but there's some similarities all feel. Yeah. Mm. And so that's the essence of what this book is for. It gives you those guideposts without the preaching points. You know, it isn't <laughs> like a, you know, here's the 10 points to healing. It's here are the stories and you'll get to watch people and how they dealt with them. And you can see yourself in these stories. Yeah, it's relatable. Yeah. You can relate yeah. to the people there. It's like, oh, hey, I didn't know I had something in common with Kathy Gifford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an interesting one. I didn't know I had that in common with so-and-so. Oh, we all have the struggle together. We're all in the struggle together. Mm. That's the thing about struggles is you feel alone. I think that's one of the yeah. tricks of the enemy is feeling alone. Too. Like, I'm the only one feeling this way. I'm the only one that's gone through this. You know, when it's like, no, 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 we all go through this all the time. We just don't want to talk about it. We're embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. You know? Awesome. Right. Yeah. And I think that's part of the beauty of just seeing that you're not alone yeah. mm -hmm. and that you don't have to be embarrassed about it anymore. Yeah. Because if everybody else has done the same thing, it's kind of like, oh. Yeah. Well, that's okay then. Yeah. It takes the shame factor out of all this stuff. That right. The church hides behind and addiction, porn addiction, everything that we're plagued with in yeah, the culture. Yeah, you can deal with it. Right. As long as it stays in the dark, you can't really deal with yeah. it. Yep. Mm. That's right. That's right. Whatever it is. Yeah. Talk about the future of I Am Second. What do you mm -hmm. have planned for the future? What do you hope uh -oh. comes from this? What do you have planned coming? You know, what is your desire? What's the goals for the future on this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, of course, we're going to uh, be putting out new stories all the time. We put out new films every month and new stories every week on the blog. Wow. We're working on another book for the future. We'll let you know when that comes out. Nice. But, you know, one of the things that we're helping folks with right now is we actually provide personalized coaching for folks that experience some of these stories, whether it be in a book or on the website. And they say, you know, man, I'm dealing with stuff. I would love to talk with somebody. Yeah. So literally, you go to imsecond.com, you'll get a little pop-up that says, would you like to talk to somebody? Mm. And, and we have coaches online that folks can talk to. And we're even working on rolling out where we'll have live coaches in your city where you could go meet with coffee for Whoa, and just learn great. how to deal with everything that life throws at you. Mm -hmm. So that is a big part of where we're going is trying to help folks realize, you know, you're not alone. In this. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't believe us, here's some guy, some lady you can literally talk to right now and they'll tell you their story and you can walk through this together. Oh, what a great movement. That's fantastic. That's connecting everybody. Cause I know there's people out there listening being like, Oh, I totally identify, but I'm stuck. I don't know yep. what to do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's fun. Cause you know, we ask you where, you know, give your zip code and we'll connect you with someone local. Like I live out in Pittsburgh. So I get to talk to people online living in Pittsburgh and say, Hey, Let's talk. Yeah. And it's, it's been really fun to be able to just be there with people. Wow. That's, that's amazing. I love that. And you can do that with coaching, not counseling right now. You know, it's really right. interesting. You've got these amazing counselors all over the country, but because each state has their own little qualification, yeah. you can't meet with them right. on Skype or on FaceTime or on the internet. Right. You have to have someone that's in your area and the coaching you can meet with someone anywhere, anytime, you know, any city, yeah. country. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Doug, thank you so much. My goodness. We love it. I mean, it's just been so powerful in my life to have these stories and to be inspired and mm -hmm. to go through those situations with people, to see people I know, to see people I admire. 
I really love it. Thanks for all that you guys are doing. Well, thank you. And thanks for what you're doing. And let me come on and talk to you and your audience. It's great meeting you. Oh, we'd love to do it again soon. Thanks, Doug. Thank you. Man, Rebels, wasn't that fun? Man, there's so many good stories there. Definitely check out I Am Second at IamSecond.com. Thanks to Doug for coming on the podcast. Thanks for sharing this with your friends and family. We appreciate that. Thank you to our sponsor, The Voice of the Martyrs, helping those being persecuted for our gospel with resources, Bibles, staffing here in the States for more than 50 years. Persecution.com is the website for The Voice of the Martyrs. God bless, Rebels. We'll see you soon. Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.